Hi, I'm Janet Coburn, writer, blogger, cat mom, and living with bipolar disorder type 2. You're listening to The Leftscape, The Shape of Progressive Conversation. I'm Wendy Sheridan, and you are listening to The Leftscape, The Shape of Progressive Conversation. And hi, I am Robin Renee, and you are listening to episode 146 of The Leftscape, The Shape of Progressive Conversation. <laughs> <laughs> and in this episode, Wendy interviews Janet Coburn, author of Bipolar Me and Bipolar Us, about the state of mental health care in the United States. But before that, we enter the blanket fort because we need hugs. Yeah, we do. Lots of hugs. Yeah. <laughs> Here are our socials. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and X Twitter at Leftscape. And we're also on Blue Sky individually. That's right. Uh, and please do help us support the podcast. Become a patron on Patreon. We post exclusive content there every month. And our Patreon is patreon.com slash Leftscape. Very yeah. uh, not, not creative, but Good branding. <laughs> <laughs> well, this fortnight, I learned that Salvador Dali is the most faked artist in the world. And I don't exactly understand why. Probably because you could just put a lobster on a phone and say it was him. <laughs> or, or, or something like that. <laughs> I love That's Salvador funny. Dali, though. I mean, his his artistry is, I don't know how you would really copy it, but I want to learn more about that because that's pretty interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's been dead for 34 years, but there's a guy who he is, I guess, the Dali expert. And in the link that we will post about this, uh, he has a little video that explains the differences between original and fake dollies. But he says that even though the guy's been dead for 34 years, he's up until yeah, even now, he's still getting calls all the time about is is my is this art that I believe is a dolly original? Is it really real? You know, wow. and he has to he has to authenticate or or disappoint people all the time. Interesting. Yes, I yeah. want to I want to find out more about that. That's pretty cool. Well, this fortnight I learned. Actually, yesterday <laughs> I learned. <laughs> well, that's part of the fortnight. Yes, that's right. The meaning of pulling muscles from the shell by Squeeze. I just saw Squeeze and the Psychedelic Furs in concert this past week, and oh, cool. I did not know that. Okay, so pulling muscles was written by band members Chris Difford and Glenn Tilbrook. The phrase "pulling muscles" was created by differed and refers to the use of fingers to stimulate the female sexual organs so oh my <laughs> i i did not know that i'm i i, I, I like that <laughs> so i definitely learned something new <laughs> oh my <laughs> I, that that and when i read that in in our show thing this the little bit of that little snippet from the song has been stuck in my head now. Oh, yeah. It's a catchy tune that everyone's been singing for decades, maybe not knowing <laughs> what they're singing. So that's pretty funny. Well, all right. And now it's time for all of the news that we can handle. Yeah, so there are some impeachment attempts happening, whether they're real or not. Um, the biggest one is that the Republicans in Congress are starting inquiries about impeaching Joe Biden, which is kind of interesting because they don't have any actual like high crimes and misdemeanors that they're <laughs> alleging he did. <laughs> but well, they're just for shits and giggles, like because they don't have anything to do. Is <laughs> Well, Kevin McCarthy is saying he's, you know, asking questions and looking into it. So yeah. I think what it's what's going on is that the the farther right 
members in Congress are sort of putting him up. Well, they're, they're basically saying like, we'll get rid of you unless you do this thing. But there's no, <sighs> there's, there's no there there. <laughs> really. Yeah, I know. I know. It, it's, I, so that's, that's a weird one. And then there's another one. There's a judge in Wisconsin who said out loud somewhere that their districts are gerrymandered. <laughs> apparently is like Wisconsin is, is documented as one of the most gerrymandered states, if not the most. So she was basically stating a fact, but they're sort of using it as a, a way of saying, well, this judge is biased, so we need to get rid of her. Oh, great. But in reality, it's like she stated a problem that she might want to fix, but if certain people don't want it fixed, they'd rather get rid of well, the judge. Yeah, the people who who benefit from it. Right, right. I think it will be a, a, an unfortunate development if impeachment becomes like a standard tool. Like, don't like this person. Oh, impeach them, <laughs> you know, <laughs> with no, because that was always like, a, you know, had a lot of gravitas behind it as an act. Yeah. So if it just becomes like, oh, we have enough votes to impeach someone, whether they did anything or not, that's going to be pretty... Oh, yeah, yeah. I, 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 please, I, okay, I, <laughs> exactly, you know, we, have, we have more news than that, it's like, now you're, you're like, I can't even deal, um, and, well, and the we good do... thing, the good news is that Congress doesn't have the votes to impeach President Biden, and yeah, the other well, good news is that he didn't actually don't do have a, so. a reason to impeach, <laughs> right, exactly, <laughs> exactly, I mean, I, I think you just brought up a point before we started recording that a lot of people might conflate hunter biden's you know le some legitimate legal issues with the president who isn't really directly involved with any of that so yeah it could be that could be just a problem of association unfortunately yeah, which is what name, really the goal yeah. is i think with of course with following of course. hunter and, and we do have to we do have to say that the texas legislature uh attorney general right it was the texas attorney general yes. who who was voted in that in the texas house overwhelmingly to impeach to do impeachment proceedings when the senate their texas senate got a hold of it they were saying ah go ahead you were good with you he's fine they did not they did not vote to impeach him so oh well <laughs> so apparently all of the fraud and everything else this guy was doing is okay so all right and uh, here we are <laughs> Yes, and here we are. My next thing is the Ig Nobel Prizes were awarded last week. They were established in 1991, and the Ig Nobles are, good nature, are a good-natured parody of the Nobel Prizes. They honor, quote, achievements that first make people laugh and then make them think. And among the winners are a paper explaining why geologists lick rocks. <laughs> A paper, well, uh, a demonstrate, well, I saw a video of this too. There must be a paper about it as well. Utilizing a dead wolf spider as a biodegradable robotic gripper. And that video, if you have a spider phobia, do not watch it. But it's, That's pretty wild. It's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> and a smart toilet that analyzes your urine stream and fecal deposits while it is taking a picture of your anus. <laughs> okay, that's a bit much. <laughs> I mean, I, I like to have some, you know, health knowledge, but uh, that, that might be, I mean, and I'm not even too worried about privacy issues online and whatnot, but that, that might be a bridge too far. <laughs> I, I, you know, until it got to the photo of your anus part, I was, I was like down with it. It's like, I don't know about the picture, but. And I, I don't don't and I don't know unless you're like like looking for hemorrhoids that you don't have a hand mirror to look for or something that I don't know what you would need a picture of your anus for. Although well, I suppose it would go with my collection of colonoscopy photos that I have. <laughs> so I And don't I'm know. sure there's a big market for pictures of that's another whole side market rule 34 and 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 what is what is it out of uh damn it it's out of our wheelhouse oh right right 
that's not what I wanted to say, but it's that's the meaning. I would I was hoping for a more clever one of those, but we will have a link to the Ars Technica article about the Ig Nobel Prizes so you can read up on these and more. So there were some very interesting ones. Yeah. Aside from the ones I talked about. <laughs> oh boy. So uh, uh, there's a there's an article that I am trying to remember the details of right now, but I just found it interesting <laughs> that there was a, a stolen Van Gogh that had been missing for a long time, I think, that was actually returned in a an IKEA bag <laughs> um, not long ago, which is which is kind of wild. The Dutch art detective Arthur Brand said he. He had been handed the 139-year-old painting in a pillow and an Ikea bag by a man who came to his front door. I did this in complete coordination with Dutch police, and we knew this guy wasn't involved in the theft, he said. In 2021, a career criminal was jailed for eight years over the incident. So it is a painting hmm. called Spring Garden, I believe. Okay. Initially stolen from the Dutch town of Lorraine. The thief smashed through two glass doors at the Singer Museum with a sledgehammer and uh, at the start of the coronavirus <sighs> lockdown. So we kind of like took advantage of the, the fact that nobody was around. Something like that. Yeah. Yikes. And so but basically, he's in, the, uh, so he, I'm, okay, I, I would, I'm just guessing. So he was in jail and like, this is his landlord going through his apartment. just like <laughs> found the painting kind no, of thing. No, I think this was like an organized crime kind of thing. And the problem was that having a stolen Van Gogh is more trouble than it's worth. You can't get, <laughs> where can you do with it? Because everyone knows there's this, you know, priceless artwork that's missing. You can't sell it to, it's just, it's ridiculous. So I, what I grokked from this was that basically the criminals got tired of passing it around <laughs> and not having a thing you can do with it. And then eventually somebody returned it who was, you know, not directly involved or at least not, you know, not going to go to prison over it or something like that. So it was, wow. it was sort of like protected by a pillow. Oh, it was protected by a pillow, which was covered with blood. He added as the man oh had cut God. a finger while retrieving it. So oh it, it's a lot. It, this is like a wacky. Hopefully a there'll be a story and I'm probably a movie. Not, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I will put this link because I want to actually reread it myself and understand what the <laughs> hell are you talking about? <laughs> But yeah, no, that's basically like, yeah, having wow. stolen priceless art really doesn't, I mean, it's like, it's maybe good in a movie, but in reality, it's uh, not so great. <laughs> no. In other news, the Australian government has proposed to add an Indigenous representation in Congress via a vote to change their constitution. It's a parliamentary referendum that they're going to be voting on this fall, I think. Yeah, it's in and October. It's, I'm I'm glad you yeah. put this in here because I was thinking about this story. Yeah, I, and this is very cool. They're they're going to this in their in their constitution. They they call it an indigenous voice, and I think that means that there's a representative in parliament that speaks for the indigenous community. And the fact that they don't have one yet is concerning. I mean, I I guess we should also be concerned because we don't have one of those either. Yeah. yeah, we actually we don't DC doesn't have any representation or Puerto Rico. Anyway, so this is really important. I'm really glad they're doing this and I hope the Australian people vote yes and and add this voice to their parliament. It's hard for me to imagine what how you would justify not including people mm. who've been there the whole time. I I know. But, so but we'll see. And, and, yet, and yet, and yet, let's look around. Oh, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I'm not calling the kettle black or whatever you want to say. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wow. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure the United States eventually will get around to this, but we are like always the last people, you know, we're, we're supposed to, you know, we, we branded ourselves, uh, the land of the free and the home of the brave or something like that. And, and, you know, dudes, we have to walk the talk. Okay. Yeah. You can't do this with just everybody running the country being old white men. Right. And so, I'm wondering, I would like to learn more about the situation in Australia too. Like, are there territories in the way that we have, or, you know, I, I, I honestly it's just don't know not, a lot about it. 
I I think they're more I think they're closer to Canada, mm. which the federal like they're like they don't they have like a federal government or an overarching government, but each province or state has a lot more autonomy than ours do. Okay. Although although these days it seems like each individual state has a lot more autonomy than they used to. Right, right. Um, considering certain things. I have a friend in Melbourne who is promising to explain more about this. <laughs> so I will I'm I'm looking forward to learning more too about it. So cool. Okay. We will see. So we've got a Jersey man story. <laughs> A bizarre mystery where several swimming pools near Atlantic City in New Jersey suddenly turned green has apparently been solved. Patrick Spina IV, 45, was arrested last week when police tracked a drone dropping dye into pools in neighborhoods in Absecon back to his business. He is facing multiple charges of criminal mischief. He is, I'm trying to, what is his business? He's not it's a pool. hotel. Oh, it's not, not pool a pool maintenance. No. <laughs> No, no, no. He's some kind of, but <laughs> no, he's not, he's not a pool maintenance guy. He's not a rival hotel or anything. Comfort Solutions, heating, he's a heating and cooling guy. So yeah, that's what it is. Comfort Solutions, heating and cooling. And I don't know, like people were just ready to go swimming and they would go out and the pool was green and people's kids are crying. They're like, we want to go in the pool, but <laughs> you can't because it's green and no one knows why. Yikes. So eventually they tracked it back to this drone pilot guy. So I I don't know. I don't I didn't I, I have not seen either. any good explanation for this, but other than just being like a wacky <laughs> it's he's... it's yeah, that's why I called Jersey Man, because it's just like what is this about? <laughs> I don't know. I mean it, I mean if it was around St. Patrick's Day it would make sort of a sense yes exactly <laughs> but man this is just weird yeah i please please keep us surprised but i see that the the <laughs> that the news thing is coming from the independent in the uk which i think is hilarious right that, that yeah. that's the kind of news that they're posting <laughs> about the united states <laughs> yeah that's a great image right <laughs> well it kind of it kind of goes with the spaghetti in the woods story that we had a while back yeah kind of does and that turned out kind of sad because the guy apparently had lost his mother or something and didn't know what to do with all this stuff and he just <laughs> dumped things in the woods because he was just distraught and didn't know what to do so it was sort of sad but kind of bizarre <laughs> this i don't know i don't i would doubt this guy has such an excuse <laughs> yeah that yeah <laughs> you know so anyway okay, anyway and our final piece and i and i'm uh I'm doing this one because this reminded me of a, of a Joe Straczynski life experience thing. After somebody heard meowing coming from the opening of a storm drain near Port Jefferson Station on Long Island, New York, rescuers were called to the scene. The Strong Island Animal Rescue and local police using large jacks and the jaws of life were able to lift a 5,000 pound concrete slab to reach a young kitten that was trapped 30 feet down this drain. Aww. So that was a lot of work to get this kitten. And I just wanted to say, Joe Straczynski, the creator of Babylon 5 and a, and a damn good writer who has done a lot of other things besides Babylon 5, at one point had this very nicely landscaped area of his yard. And there was a kitten that got stuck in one of the drain pipes and, and it, couldn't move forward so it kept backing up and he ended up digging up I think nine thousand dollars worth of landscaping to get to this cat and and the cat he named Buddy and kept him for his entire life which was I guess this happened like 30 years ago so Buddy is sadly no longer with us but Buddy turned into a very handsome young cat and oh. uh was was always fun to see pictures of him so <laughs> this reminded me of that so that's why I put it here that, that was that's sweet we, i like the good news network i appreciate that yeah with, with everything else insanity. yeah with everything else going on that is all the news we can handle today because we haven't had our hugs yet
one more time Before you wake up in the wild In your eyes I see a flower slowly dying Together with the Nature Conservancy, you have the power to make a difference. For unspoiled nature, for beautiful wildlife, and for people everywhere. Together, we can find a way to ensure that all life on Earth can thrive. natural world needs us now. Every day, we lose more lands, waters, and the wild species that depend on them. To learn more, visit nature.org today. Hello, welcome to the Blanket Fort. This is the place and time where Wendy and I get together and talk about some personal things. Sometimes we need to come in here and hide. Sometimes <laughs> we find a topic that sort of has some depth and some weight to talk about. And today, I think we just need a round of hugs. Yes. That's kind of how we're feeling. Yes, yes. Yeah. I need lots of hugs. I want to actually give hugs too, because I act, I do have energy. I've suddenly I've I've been very energetic recently. It's it's I I got I I had a break from my art class for two weeks, so I've been painting every day. It's like I'm doing more art now that I'm not in class than than when I was, mm. and and I did something really cool that's uh, going to be up on in the show that I'm doing this weekend and the rest of the fall, unless somebody buys all of them. But anyway, I've been like holding space for a lot of people. <laughs> so, mm. so that I guess gets tiring a little bit, but I'm just glad that I have the the physical energy to, to do these things and, and to be there for people who need it. Cause people have been needing to be, to be, have space held for them. So yeah. Well, I, I, I certainly appreciate you giving me space to just talk about shit rather than record sometimes. And I didn't know you were having a barrage of that with a, a lot of other people. So it's uh... not really it's not a barrage. It's, you know, there's it's there's been there's been a lot of of deaths. There's you know, we're coming up on my father in law's anniversary of his death, which is like two weeks from now, three weeks. So, and this, so, so now we're in that time where, where it was basically hospice, where you're going in and watching somebody die and it's just, it's awful. And, and I, and I, you know, my husband's been off and it took me a minute to remember that, oh yes, we are coming up on the anniversary. This is the first one. So, mm. ah, so there's that. And you know, and it's family stuff. <laughs> Somebody always needs a hug. So yeah. sometimes it's me, but not today. So it's, which is good. Cause if you can stagger all of that, because <laughs> if everybody falls apart at the same time, then, <laughs> then you're like, nobody's eating, you know? Right. Yeah. So... <laughs> you need somebody to be the rock <laughs> at least. Some of the time, yeah, somebody, has, somebody has to hold shit together for you know until somebody else can hold shit together, and then you can fall apart. So, so yeah, so it's not my turn right now. <laughs> yeah. So I went to a funeral today. It was the funeral of Mrs. Cuff, who we talked about last week, who passed. She had passed just as we were, you know, the morning that we were recording, and. Just for a bunch of reasons, it, you know, the service was delayed a bit so people could be in town and that sort of thing. So it wound up being today. I am, um, I don't really have words really, you know. <laughs> okay. It's just, it's hard to know what even to do, I guess. 
I, I just yeah. had so much that I wanted to do with her and, and that I did with her in terms of helping her and just spending time with her and all of that. And I'm just at a loss right now, you know? Well, yeah, I get it. I get it. Because you, you, you know, you also, you were just at a funeral. So you, you did a lot of processing and talking then and, and it was personal and you do it with, with her family and, and friends and, and you've inherited a dog. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not great. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I, you know, I, I, I like this dog. It's not, we're not ter a terribly good match. But, <laughs> and I want to honor, you know, taking care of him. So it's a bit of a challenge and I'm not sure how to quite make it work right now but yeah well i you were you were basically a pet free kind of person like when i met you i don't think you had any pets right it was and now you have a a, a feral cat that you're taking care of and now you have a house dog <laughs> yeah yeah well i mean i i might have had a cat when you i can't remember you know because i mean lydia when i lived with you know we had a couple of dogs and I had a cat in the house, which isn't great because I'm allergic to cats. And so it was kind of a whole thing, <laughs> but I loved Etta, you know, it was just, it was, it was a challenge, but a different type of challenge. But, <laughs> but I, yeah, I love having pets. I've never had a dog when I was the only person in the house. That's the challenge with that. Yeah. Because dogs yeah. need stuff and this dog needs medicine and things and so that's this is a, a, a high needs dog yeah yeah so that's so i will be you know figuring out is he going on tour with me or, yeah. <laughs> or is he, am i going to rely on the you know kindness of friends and some i think it you know kindness of friends are showing up so far but you know that well, that's good have limits too so yeah yeah uh, it's really good to have a, a support network and yeah and and i i think the two of us have decent support networks so far i <laughs> i'd like to think so i i haven't really had to to rely you know to call upon them for any major stuff at this yet hmm. <laughs> i you know so i i hope when when it does get to that point that there will be people yeah, but that's something um, I want to yet. build a lot more in my life. You know, I have I have a good neighbor who's a former housemate, and we help each other out in ways and things like that, and that's good. I often feel like I don't really have, like, people who show up in ways that I would like to have in my life, and I, I feel a little mm. bit, a little bit at sea some of the, a lot of the time. So that's kind of scary, you know. I feel like that's something it's important to build because if you don't have a network, what 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 can you do at times, you know, because everybody needs oh, totally. time. Yeah, yeah. You know? I I mean one of the problems with I I I've been watching some internet friends a lot of them ended up moving to like the same town in Pennsylvania and they're they've been very much helping each other out at least from i at least i'm seeing this from their facebook posts and and a lot of my friends are far i mean you and i are like two hours apart so it's it's yeah. it's hard and yeah. right i was just gonna say yeah. you know i amy a good friend and listener is <laughs> really my my sister but we're also three and almost four hours away it's depending on yeah, depending on beltway yeah. traffic you know oh god <laughs> no. okay she she lives in maryland or virginia virginia okay i because so, i you know my yeah. my mom lived in fair in annandale for 40 years 45 years so i know right that drive intimately <laughs> yeah it really depends on the time of day and a whole bunch oh, of totally yeah, it can be maddening but anyway, yeah, so it's it's good to, you know, I, I feel like I do have some of those things in place, but not 
the kind of network I would love to have. And it, it is because people are spread out all over the place. And, you know, I have, yeah. I feel like I have community, communities, but they're everywhere. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. everywhere, um, but here, which is a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm planning an anniversary, a 30th anniversary party. Well, it's actually the 30th anniversary. Well, it is a party, but I really want it to be like an open jam and like dancing and stuff. So it's like, not like your typical anniversary party. So, but it's like everybody I want to invite, it's like, they would have to fly here. It's like, they're not going to come to this. It's on a Friday. Oh. <laughs> it's like, there's no way. So it's like, ah, I, I'm having a little, you know, I mean, it's like we didn't have a wedding and, you know, 30 years ago we eloped and I, I didn't know all of these people 30 years ago anyway. So they, I, but if I did know them, I would have invited them to the wedding I didn't have. So, <laughs> so, so instead of just trying to make it like, this is my pretend wedding and you all have to come. I'm just saying, we're having this party. If you can come, that would be so awesome. But I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want people to have to spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars to get here and be on a plane with, you know, masking and all of that other shit. So it's like, okay. I guess I should be glad that that local folks can can get here without you know spending a lot of money and and uh and just coming to have a good time but ah we'll see I guess that's mm. also what's like sucking up all of my brain power right now too <laughs> and I'm yeah. not even organizing yeah. this so it's it's like I'm I'm letting I'm letting my daughter do this I guess because she, she wants to and 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 I'm assuming this is because it's like, this is like her gift to us. And that's really sweet. You know, that's cool. So, yeah. Yeah. So, but I'm not used to giving up the control of the party like that. So I, I have my own issues. <laughs> oh, I, I know that feeling. I, I think I would <laughs> not do that well, <laughs> very well at all. <laughs> I'm really, I'm working on it. I'm, I really, I just letting her like spend my money here's the budget go do things so right right <sighs> yeah so I, I it's hard to believe that it's it's basically time for me to think about my new year's shindig and oh what wow that's gonna look like this year <laughs> so <laughs> i i don't know i might be more people than in the last few years or not but i, I kind of don't like people very much these days so <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i know I, the the pandemic has really fucked us all up. Yeah. In terms of social socializing, it's like you know, if like who do if I trust? Who do I really want to be with? It's 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 the yeah. calculus changed definitely. So exactly. It's kind of interesting. And, yeah. Yeah, and it's like you know, I can't even remember where I was. I was oh, I was at a, a art gallery opening nearby that my art teacher had some pieces in and. It was packed and nobody had masks on. And I, you know, I got very uncomfortable very, very, very fast. Mm. And we didn't stay very long just so, cause it was like just too many people. And I was not, I mean, a crowd like that four years ago, I wouldn't have batted an eye, but nowadays it's like, uh, 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 yeah. no, no, do not, do not like. Right. Yeah. I was probably one of two people wearing a mask at the Psychedelic Furs and Squeeze show this past week. <laughs> and it feels a little futile if like you're the only one, you know, like, well, I'm helping. I'm I'm helping a little bit, but no one's <laughs> helping collectively no. anymore, you know, although I'm starting to see it more in, gro in grocery stores and things like that. So maybe it'll. Yeah. I'm seeing, you know, when, when I see the staff at a place wearing masks you know, that, that reminds me like, oh yes, we're not out of this yet. Right. right. And, and, you know, and I'm also, I'm getting, I'm getting uh, the new booster and my flu shot and all of the things and doing what I can. Don't want to get sick. Mm -hmm. Once was enough. Once was more than enough. Yeah. So hmm. I don't want to give that virus another chance at really fucking me up so no yeah definitely not oh i just wanted to say i also have virginia family in in fairfax who are oh. who are you know also really family and we don't see each other that often but we're but who show up 
emotionally in ways that even if we're not in the same proximity often, we do have a, a connection that really matters. And that's good. That's cool. Yeah. I notice. I feel like I have pockets of friends in different places that even though we're, we're, I'm not in that place, there's like a, there's a, there's kind of a home there or like, or a nexus or something, you know? Right. Yeah. So that's one of those places. So Anne and Tony are definitely part of that Virginia <laughs> family, <laughs> which is nice. And you know that area very well. I know. <laughs> I used to, well, I yeah. used to, it's, it's changed a lot. I mean, I moved, I moved out of my parents' house in 1975 and I was only back there for one summer vacation in 76. Oh, wow. And, yeah. That, and then since it's a then, I was thing. a visitor. It, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I would say when I left, Herndon was like out in the boonies and they had just put that airport in. Oh, wow. You know, Tyson's Corner Mall was new-ish and, and, you know, all it's and, and the place is completely built up. I was there for a business trip. I would want to say 15 years ago at this point. Mm. And I mean, the one Japanese restaurant I'm in love with blue ocean in Fairfax is still there. Cause I looked it up. I Googled, um, nice. <clears throat> but, and I, I remember driving in it, but like all, they have all these little communities, like a bunch of like apartment buildings and then some office buildings. And, the, and it's like, they have that design and it's like, they just copied it, copied and pasted it all over the place. And you get lost really easily because everything looks the same. You know, mm -hmm. and it's very different from the place I grew up because it's all of the things that were woods are all developed now. So, yeah, it's different. <laughs> it's a very yeah. different place. Yeah. Oh, well, I appreciate <laughs> knowing you and doing this stuff. I oh, think it keeps me. You. It's it, help, it helps me feel grounded sometimes. And same. I appreciate that feeling <laughs> <laughs> and i think it would be great to just hang out sometime because i well, like doing yeah. things i like doing projects but you know yeah it would be good to do that too i would i would be up for that when we get off the air we should schedule something yes <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good well that i think that is our our installment of today's blanket for it i think we've uh I think those We've were some good virtual hearted enough. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I am here today with Janet Coburn, who is a blogger that writes about mental health on Bipolar Me. She has lived with bipolar disorder for decades and currently she lives in Ohio with her husband and her cats. And welcome, Janet, and thank you for being on the show today. Thank you for having me on. Well, I'm very pleased that you are. And, and I guess to get started, I kind of have an idea of what bipolar disorder is, but I certainly don't know what type two is. I didn't know there were nuances within it. So if you wouldn't mind explaining what that is to our audience and to me, I would appreciate it. Sure. Regular bipolar, bipolar one, is the kind that most people are familiar with that used to be called manic depression. Right. In, in that you get high highs and low lows and they cycle on and off there can be a period of stability in between them if you're on therapy and medication like I am. But in bipolar two, the mania isn't as high and the depression isn't as low. I get what's called hypomania, which doesn't have the same behaviors and risks that bipolar one does. People in bipolar one with mania may engage in reckless behaviors, reckless driving, over drinking, over sexed, feeling oversexed, and acting on that, which could be bad for relationships. Basically anything that's manic in bipolar one can become a problem in terms of your life, your relationships, your legal, your financial standing. 
but bipolar two, it hypomania manifests more in fast talking, grandiose ideas, plans that you'll never accomplish, starting a project and then when you hit the lows again, leaving it abandoned. And bipolar one and two have pretty low lows, which can even extend to suicidal ideation or in some people, uh, actual suicide attempts or completed suicide. Wow. Thank you for the distinction. And I'm assuming both of these disorders are treatable these days. They are. Medication and talk therapy are the first line of defense. It can take a long, long time to find a combination of medications that will work. It took mm. me literally years working with my psychiatrist to come up with a cocktail of drugs <laughs> that would <laughs> take care of all my symptoms. Oh, wow. I'm doing pretty well with it now. I'm stable most of the time. I've been a little depressed lately because I've been so exhausted which yeah. you can't, I can't really tell if the depression causes the exhaustion or the exhaustion causes the depression. <laughs> so there you have it. Yeah. I have always thought of a lot of the mental illnesses as looking like a bell curve where yes. everybody's maybe got a little bit of something, you know, and those on, you know, once you get, to one edge of the bell curve or the other, that's where you need to, you know, where it becomes disabling. Is that <laughs> accurate? I don't even know. I think of it as a spectrum rather than a bell curve, but yes, yes basically. Yes, yes. Um, it's, that's my, yeah, my, but my visual, my internal visualization of the spectrum ends up being like a bell curve because the majority of the population ends up being in a spike somewhere and then there are all the outliers that, that I guess that's me I well yeah I mean I think we're all that's what I'm saying I think everybody is an outlier somewhere in something <laughs> it you know well back to um, your previous question yes um, about treatments for yes. uh, bipolar disorder there are some treatments for treatment resistant bipolar disorder mm -hmm among them electroconvulsive therapy and magnetic cranial stimulation. I've never tried either one of those because once we got the right cocktail, it, it, it's been, I've been stable for quite a number of years now. Well, that's, that's excellent. I, I know people who have had, I guess that's ECT is the electroconvulsive. Yes therapy and and that's what in the olden days i mean i i you know i didn't want to get into this too much but my first husband's mother had some severe mental mental issues and and i don't remember if her diagnosis was schizophrenia or paranoia but she ended up successfully committing suicide and she had also been going through what they used to call electroshock and i think it's they changed how they do it now because yes. for her for her she was a, a photo that she was a photographer and that's how she made her living and when she would get ect it whatever part of the brain they zapped it it like took away her ability to know what made a photograph good Yes, it has changed a lot now um, yeah. about all the side effects you can have are short-term memory loss. Mm. And by short-term, I mean like half a day. Yeah. I came very close to having ECT, but right before I was going to, my doctor said, well, there's one more medication I'd like to try. And it was like flipping on a little switch in the back of my brain it all of a sudden worked. That's great. And That's... was I ever glad. Oh, yeah. But tell me about this other, this mag magnetic 
thing? I, is that where they stick you like in an MRI kind of a machine? No, no. no they, it's more like attaching electrodes to your head like they would do for a sleep study. Oh. And they move the magnets around. I'm not quite sure how because I've never done it. Okay. I have one friend who speaks well of it, although okay. she's also gone on to ketamine treatment. Huh. All this stuff is, is very new to me and, and very, I don't know, a little scary. I don't know. <laughs> well, let's just say there are options now that weren't there okay. before. That's good. Yeah, and the and the really old times. And I and I was reading I I recently purchased your your second book, Bipolar Us, and I and I was reading it and you know, and you you're going into a lot of the stigmas over over mental illness and and the language we use and and a lot of different things. And it was just, you know, and I was reminded about, you know, this the stigma that you keep you bring up that a lot that that it's, yes. it's still stigmatized and I, re, you know, and we are not, we are both, you know, above retirement age. Let's just put it that way. Yes. <laughs> and, and when we were kids, I remember very distinctly, like not necessarily in my family, but other families, there was a lot of, I, I guess, stigma uh, around even going to a therapist. There still is. People are, I, are afraid to show up at the doctor's office for fear that they'll see a neighbor there <laughs> and someone will know, oh my gosh, she's visiting a psychiatrist. Oh God. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. It seemed to me at the time that, you know, that because I was raised Jewish, that a lot of Jewish people were okay. It was okay to go see a talk therapist. I don't know about, you know, medications at that point, but, you know, people outside of that group had a lot of, there was a lot of, there was a lot of, of, oh, we don't talk about that. Everything's fine. Let's just pretend nothing's going on. It's, and, and there was, you know, well, I'm not going to go see a therapist. And it was also, I think, because, you know, at the beginning, like a hundred years ago, if you were having mental issues, they would lock you up for for a long time. My my grandmother was institutionalized for half her life, for example. Yes. Um, and I don't know if she even got a diagnosis, but she, you know, basically went from mental institution and nursing home and never came out ever. And that kind of that kind of messes up a little kid. <laughs> Oh, yes. We have kind of the opposite problem now. There are no, not enough psychiatric beds for the people who need them. Mm. Back when Reagan, I guess, started deinstitutionalizing, closing down the mental hospitals, <sighs> it was supposed to be taken over by community care. But that costs money and never happened. Saved a bunch of money on the deinstitutionalization, but it never went back into halfway houses or group homes or community care of any kind. And now, of course, we have people living on the streets who have mental illnesses and they're not able to get a bed. There, I heard of one place that had a waiting list of a thousand people to get a bed. Oh, my. So they get taken to the emergency room maybe they get a 72 hour hold but after that it's back out on the street <sighs> yes i it's like all of our problems we can point to reagan <laughs> <laughs> yes people oh, remember remember him as such a jolly guy well <laughs> so yeah let's let's talk about the state of healthcare in the united states in terms of mental health, most of us probably know about the issues for physical health problems, you know, yes. and because that everyone, everyone at some point needs to go to the doctor for something. So they, they, they get that, but let's, let's talk about, let's talk about how, what we do with mental health these days. <laughs> well, in some cases, not a lot. <laughs> 
there is a shortage in some places of psychiatrists, especially in rural areas. Many places you have to wait on a waiting list just to see a psychiatrist. When my one psychiatrist retired, I had to wait on a waiting list for five months to see another oh, wow. psychiatrist. I was still seeing a therapist and my family doctor was able to prescribe the medication I needed until I got to, to have an appointment with a, with a new psychiatrist. But that, well, at least you had that. I mean, I, I, you know, when you started that story, I'm thinking, oh no, what did you do for the months where you couldn't get a, you couldn't get a prescription done, but your regular, your GP could do that for you. And that's yes. something. Yes. <laughs> they can, they can prescribe psychotropic medication. I don't know how many are willing to. Mm. And then it's also, it's also, you know, not, I, I think, insurance is really variable in what kind of things it covers. Yes, that's certainly true. That's one reason why electroconvulsive uh, therapy and cranial magnetic stimulation are so popular now is mm. that they're usually six weeks treatment, which the insurance loves to have treatments of six weeks or, or fewer. Yeah. So they don't want to, they don't really want to pay for years, continual chronic issues. I, I get it. Yeah. And I mean, and I, I, when I was seeing a therapist during COVID and that was an online therapy thing, it was yes. not, it, the insurance, the insurance, they're telling me that it's one rate and then the billing office with the doctor is completely different and I was never able to get them to agree on what I'm supposed to be paying for this service. <laughs> and it's, I never could figure it out. And, and everybody gave me different stories and I would get bills that, that made, that didn't add up to any of the numbers I'm seeing from either place. So I never figured out what was going on with that. Fortunately, we have insurance through my husband's work that does provide, well, decent coverage, covers mm. all my medications. Only one of them is more expensive than I'd like. Well, that's, that's good. That's good. But for a while, for a while, I had a drug that cost seven or 800, no, $450 a month. And I couldn't afford that, but then it went off brand name and too generic. And so the insurance covered it at a much lower rate and I was what? able to get it. I still take it, in fact. Wow. One of the problems with having the homeless mentally ill is trying to get them to be compliant with the treatment that's, that's advised if they do get to see someone in the emergency room or a three-day hold, they may get a prescription, but many of them aren't compliant with it. Mm. So there's a new thing called assisted outpatient treatment, which is just sort of like having a conservatorship or having somebody involuntarily committed. So mm. it's very controversial, but it helps with having people that make sure that the person does get and take their medication and it's very controversial because of the involuntary commitment thing. I have qualms about involuntary commitment myself, but people on the other side say that it's the only way to get the people the help they need. And they contrast it with dying on the street. They call it dying with their rights on. <laughs> I shouldn't have laughed, but it, it <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's that's a that's a very that's a that's a tough balancing act to do to make sure that you know that that you're helping people and keeping them alive versus respecting their right to to not want treatment but i you know i i get it, it it's tough i'm glad that's not a decision i have to make let's put it that way <laughs> a lot of the homeless mentally ill and a lot of other mentally ill people 
also what have what's called anosognosia, which is the inability to realize that you need help. You mm. think you're perfectly well when you're uh, having psychotic delusions. Yeah. And that's a lot of what this assisted outpatient therapy is, is meant to help with. Okay. Another problem I see is that a lot of the money that's meant to be directed to mental health care is put aside for addiction services rather than mental health services. Mm. Halfway houses for sober houses for the mentally uh, or for the addicted population. But isn't addiction also a mental illness or is that not really? It's different from things like bipolar and schizophrenia and obsessive compulsive disorder. It is considered an illness now. I'm not sure how it appears in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, which is the, mm. the, the Bible of all diagnoses. Yeah, that's the DSM, and, and we're up to seven? Five. Now? Five, okay. I'm, five, I'm... With, five with a TR for text revision. <laughs> so 5.1 or 5.2. Yeah, I remember when they finally recognized parental alienation of children as something. They added that in. I, I remember that. I remember when they took homosexuality out of it. <laughs> that used to be a psychiatric diagnosis. Oh, my God. I, you know, I may have known that at one time, but that's, that has not, I, wow. Okay. <laughs> it was in there. Yikes. That's, that's terrifying. But yeah, I, and considering how it's been handled from a government perspective, I can see that it was in there at one point. I Yikes. just hope we don't move back to that. Yeah, I agree with you with that. One other thing I wanted to talk about was online therapy. Yes. And that's a very good solution for people starting largely in the COVID era when people couldn't get to the doctors, so they did telehealth visits. But there are some online services that offer telehealth. I won't name them because I haven't dealt with any of them personally. But I've read some things where they're less than efficient in finding a, a therapist for you to, to talk with online. That they may have a list of psychiatrists, but some of them aren't taking patients anymore. Some of them have retired you really have to weed through the list once they give it to you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that, yeah, that was my experience. It was, I didn't have trouble finding somebody, but it was a very different experience than, <clears throat> than any in-person talk therapy that I've had in the past. And it was more of a, the issues I had were all around billing as it was. So, uh. But it was, it was sort of, well, you know, I, my issues are, and I'm, and I actually just came about this reading your book this morning. I'm thinking a lot of the things that I used to think was depression was actually grief. I was, it was grieving and I just didn't recognize it for what it was, you know, because yes. it, it stops at some point. So, you know, so that was a revelation and thank you for I don't know why it triggered that in my head, but it did. So thank well, you. Well, <laughs> good. I'm glad. The other thing, I wanted to talk a little bit about mental health advocacy. And because, you know, Carrie Fisher, our space mom, is no longer with us. and She's with know, us in spirit. Yeah, but she's not here here doing the work that she used to do. Yes. And, and nobody else is really at least for me, has taken her place in that. And I, and I wanted to know like, what an average person can do to help with you know, mental health advocacy. 
Well, the biggest thing, I suppose, is lobbying with whoever your local, state, national representative is to increase funding, increase number of beds, take care of some of these difficulties that have been cropping up lately. At the moment, there isn't really a, an advocacy group like, well, there is the National Association on Mental Illness, NAMI, but they're not well known uh, outside of the mental health community. Uh, there are individuals who take up the cause for different illnesses. I, I made a list once of all of them, Green Ribbons, Blue Ribbons, mm. International Psychotics Day, International Major Depressive Disorder Day, and so on. Which leads me back to where I thought I was going. <laughs> that mental illness doesn't have a group identity the way breast cancer does with walks for it and fundraising for it and a great structure around it for doing advocacy and awareness. About the only awareness you get anymore is celebrities. And they're often promoting an online telehealth thing that's not your regular doctor doing telehealth. It's one of the telehealth services which there are some problems with, as I mentioned. Glenn Close has been very active in schizophrenia, and there are a number of singers and actors who have been open about their diagnoses. They were not, they have not been as active as Carrie Fisher ever was, but some of them have opened up about it to a certain extent, and they're very popular for example, Demi Lovato opened up about being, being bipolar, and that swayed a lot of younger people to look into their own mental health. Mm. Okay, thank you. So at this point, you do have, you have two books out on, you have Bipolar Me and Bipolar Us. Do you yes. have any other books that you want? our listeners to know about besides those? Well, I haven't written any other books. Okay. But there are plenty of good books out there. I thought The Noonday Demon was wonderful about depression. Mm -hmm. And a friend just reminded me of the book from years ago called Talking to Prozac. Prozac is still used today. And all the other ones that like sertraline that came about when people were afraid of Prozac. My mother, it was funny, uh, she heard I was taking Prozac and she said, I heard Prozac was a ticking time bomb. <laughs> and I said, oh, mom, you must have been watching Phil Donahue again. <laughs> but a lot of people were afraid of Prozac. Uh, they'd heard the horror stories about people that would take it and then die by suicide or... Mm. And there, there was a reason for that, which was that when you're extremely depressed, you're immobilized. And when you start to get that activity back, that agency back, when you start taking the medication, sometimes the first thing you act on is the things that oh. have been haunting you. So, so it, was, it was acting like in the wrong order. It wasn't yes. fixing it. <laughs> So it's, it's like you need to get your head right before your body can go do things. Right. Otherwise, your body's going to go do something that you really don't want to do if you're thinking clearly. Right. Wow. Yikes. That's, uh, that's a scary thing. It is. Um, yeah. Well, I want to thank you very much for, for coming on today and talking about this. It, this is a, a very important subject, and it's something that isn't, you know, we need to be, you know, we as a, as a country, as a society need to be doing more, and I'm hoping that that will happen. Well, uh, thank you very much for having me. I'm glad to get the word out. Yeah, well, that's part of our, that's part of our reason why we exist here, so... Anyway, thank you so much and 
and it's been a it's been a good conversation. Thank you. If you have any other questions later, uh, feel free. Okay. In our next show, I interview artist and environmental activist Tiana Byertz, and we talk about vultures, art, and being a mermaid, among other things. All right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. I'm Robin Renee, and you can find me on Facebook at Robin Renee Fan, on Instagram at Robin Renee Music, and on X at Spirit Rock Sexy. Uh, <laughs> and I'm lots of other places too, but find me there and I'll send you more links. And I'm Wendy Sheridan, and you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Wendy Cards, on Blue Sky at Vox Woman, and on Etsy at Wendy Cards with a Z. And remember, you can always reach out to us on social media at Leftscape. So until next time, be well, lick rocks, and keep left. You've been listening to the Leftscape Podcast. Sound engineering by Wendy Sheridan. Show notes by Robin Renee. Fake sponsor messages by Ariel Sheridan. Web hosting by InMotion. Remote recording by Squadcast. If you like what you hear, please share it with your friends. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Leftscape. Become a patron of our show for as little as $1 a month at patreon.com slash Leftscape. Thanks for listening. <laughs>